0: Are ready? Am I ready? That's the question. Steve, are you ready? I doubt if you're ready, but
1: I'm real ready.
0: Alyssa, Whoa, wait, minute, wait I
1: got to move my mic now.
0: Oh, now I'm, now, now I'm you're ready. ready. <laughs> Alyssa, are you ready? I think so. Okay, here we go. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast and OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is back to you with Alyssa Ali. Steve Baskerville and myself, Howard Sudbury. I shook it up, Steve, because you didn't like me saying my name first.
1: But I like the enthusiasm you brought this week. I like the fact I was worried. I didn't know if my name would get mentioned at all. Did you pause? (laughs) That that was a long pause, but I was glad to hear that you included it.
0: And Tony was happy that I didn't call it a prodcast this week. That's a little combination between a production and a podcast, which could be the next big thing. Look, I have said it week after week, man. You are the
1: perfect facilitator. <laughs> and I'm glad you're in the chair. Really. That's on my people. Business. You know, people have reacted to me saying, you guys get on each other so much all the time. And they, don't, and they do realize after hearing us that we know each other pretty well. Right. And uh, everybody, Howard's behavior isn't for a show. This is the way he is.
0: <laughs> if you, I'm wanna, just being truthful. Hey, if you want to hear people get on each other, Alyssa, how about me and you?
2: Um, yeah, that's it's it's a uh, it's it's a lot, and it's mostly <laughs> you know one sided. I'm just really ragging on you most of the time.
0: Oh no, nah, don't do don't do that. I mean, an but example if well
2: deserved, wouldn't you agree?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, actually, I would. Uh, Alyssa and I, and by the way, anybody listening, we're coming from Chicago. Alyssa and I work together at Arlington Park. And uh, this week, I was in her office, and she was working, doing a lot of work. And, and I don't do a lot of work, let's be honest. So I'm in her office talking, and she takes her hand like she would, and she goes, "Shoe fly. And I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. True story, right? <laughs>
2: It's like 100% true. I'm like, yeah, just own it, Alyssa. You did just do that. Shoe fly. Don't just
0: bother me. Get out of here. I'm trying to work. Well, people <laughs> got to realize that there's a lot that Alyssa
1: is handling remarkably well. I mean, just all aspects of her life. You know, she's got to put up with you for about, what, eight hours a day we were stumbling in and out of her office. Yes, stumbling like, is the word. Yeah, stumbling. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, she's got a two-year-old, two-year-old, yes. and another on the way. Very soon. When's the baby due, Alyssa?
2: April 15th, tax day, Steve.
1: That's right. I have my forms here now, filling them out. <laughs> it is, uh, I'm hoping that I'm going to be ready by the 15th. You said the 15th of April. Yes. Unless I got the day of the taxes wrong. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, you're probably sleeping like a baby at night. And you know what I mean by that? You wake up every hour.
2: Right? <laughs> I was going to say, exactly. Yeah.
0: How do you feel? Fat. Oh, my gosh, I'm with you all the time. I think you're, I think you're exaggerating. Maybe you feel I that way, but you don't look that way. I can tell you that right now. Well, Um, we're not exaggerating to say that Howard is fat. (laughs) I don't know why why I'm laughing. There's truth in all of it. I don't know why I'm laughing. Hey, listen, I was going to mention something that I read. On March 29th, uh, for the first time in history, three women are going to conduct the first all-female spacewalk from the International Space Station. And I just wanted to get your reaction to that and how things have changed over the years. And uh, so we can be serious for a couple of minutes here. Any reaction to that? And is it about time?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly right. It's about time. And you know, I think we, as a country, have made many strides to kind of get to that point. That I don't think people twenty years ago ever think that this something like this would be happening. And it's absolutely amazing. But I think we still have a long way to go in in all different industries, uh, as far as just like uh, as far as working goes. But Respect for women as a whole within the country, as well, still has you know a lot to work, a lot of work to go as well. But I mean, this is how we do it. This is how we make history. This is how, if I, you know, I'm I'm raising two boys. I don't have a daughter, but you know, raising two boys to respect women and that this is possible and that this isn't abnormal. At some point, it's just going to be normal. The new normal. And I can't wait to be around for
0: that. Well, you know, I'm proud of the times in which we live. And I know we all are. You know, we've had an African-American president. We're going to have the first African-American female uh, mayor in the city of Chicago. Yeah. So we are make, moving in the right direction. Li- you say, Steve? Sure. And Alyssa hit on something else that is important. You know, there are
1: many uh, children across the country whose uh, role model, whose chief role model is a woman you know, for for all sorts of circumstances. You know, my father uh, had passed away when I was 10 years old. My mother was the biggest influence as a role model in my life. And for Alyssa to have those two boys, uh, they're gonna learn an awful lot about how to make it in the world. Perseverance and working at a job and keeping a job and and handling all aspects of life. So um, I, I think that it's beyond just women
0: connecting with women women connecting with, with, with men as well. But what they learn now is what you've always been taught is that in this country you can become anything that you want to become. It's, a, it's possible, and it used to be a dream. Now, I did something this week. that It's a little bit of an aside
1: from what we've been talking about, but there's another aspect of women being recognized in roles that you don't usually see them in. I went to see, now this is something Alyssa, I don't think Howard would do. But we were 180 degrees different in this, the thing that I did this week. He, now, Howard will wait a year, two years, for a popular movie to be streamed or to hit cable. Right. I go out there, boom, first night. In fact, I was there preview night to see Captain Marvel. Yes. Congratulations. I was there. I had my cape and everything on. I was sitting. (laughs) No, my wife and I went to see Captain Marvel the night before it opened. The reason why I'm bringing that up, Captain Marvel, a woman. Captain Marvel's chief co-pilot, a woman. One of the uh, uh, villains in the movie, chief villain, a woman. I mean, so there were women in key roles, big roles, in places where you wouldn't see them. And it was kind of cool to have all these women uh, up front. I think one of the co-directors of the movie is a, is a woman. So uh, we're, we're seeing it now more in all aspects of life, you know, in the media and politics, you know, in the workforce. So that's just another sort of subconscious thing that, that happened this week that, that stuck with me, yeah. that all these women, it was a great movie. For, I love those action movies. There's two great ideas from movies that I think the biggest inventions in the last 30 years. One, stadium seating. Yes. I remember those days when some dude 6'5 was sitting in front of me or some woman who was 4'5 but had a hat on that was 7 inches high, and I could not sit or see around her. So stadium seating, the other thing is... Being able to get your seat ahead of time. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. All for it. Both make it the experience better if they would just ban the sale of popcorn. I do not <laughs> want to hear <laughs> people. See, I don't want to hear people eating Please. popcorn in a dramatic. What do you mean scene. hear them
1: eating popcorn? They're loud.
0: Well, <laughs> aren't they, Melissa? No, the only- uh, I guess well, that's like part
2: of it, right?
1: you got to be awful hard. sensitive if you're going to you get upset by somebody eating popcorn. You all hear right. it. You are here. That man is
0: chewing too loud. All right. A little transition. You mentioned like a woman with a big tall hat that's four sure. feet seven. Yeah. Um, I had a physical this week. Went to the doctor. And you're aware of that. Alyssa is, too, because I kept talking about it. See, we all got quiet then. Yes. We're okay. We everything's everything's, everything's okay. cool. Okay. Everything's cool. Okay. But you had a question about how it kind of went at the beginning. <laughs> See, I know uh, that you... you know.
1: <laughs> look, we think we know everything about people, and yes. they think they know everything about themselves. Yes. We just realized a couple weeks ago that Howard really was not always Howard Sudbury. He was Tom Howard <laughs> back in Peoria. <laughs> the man did sports. is Tom Howard. Well, anyway, so we're finding out now... A fake name. Yeah, but he goes to the doctor... with this physical, Alyssa, and comes back with information that stunned him uh, as they were measuring his height. You go ahead and and tell it.
0: Yeah, and Alyssa's well aware because did I talk about it every day this week, Alyssa?
2: Yes, you did.
0: Yes. So the first thing they do is measure you and weigh you. And the nurse says, uh, okay, your weight's great. And she says, and she For a man, your height. For a man, yeah, right. So she writes it down and she says, and uh, let's see, you are five, nine and a half. And I said, no, 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 no. You're wrong there. I said, I'm just under six feet or right at six feet. That's what I've always been. She said, not today. You're not. You're five, nine and a half. I said, okay. So there's nothing wrong with being five, nine and a half, except when you were six feet the year before. So we go into the examining room, and the doctor comes in, and he before he could say, how are you, I said, there's something wrong with your machine out there. It needs to be recalibrated. He said, what do you mean? It's a ruler. <laughs> he said, you're 5'9 a half." I said, I am not. So, next, so I'm worried, like, next year. So he gets out a skeleton, and he shows me how you shrink every year. So I picture next year I'm going to come in, and I'm going to be 5'4", and I'm going to be a jockey. Yes. And you let me know what race you're so, in. I'm betting, Alyssa, you, <laughs> Alyssa, tell them about that board that we have where kids can measure themselves at the racetrack against a jockey to see how tall you are.
2: Yeah, so it goes up, what, like I think, like seven feet. And there's like a jockey. So really what kids are supposed to do is they go and measure themselves. And we're hoping that families do it every year. And then they can watch their kids grow. Kids. Kids grow. Well, I look to forward to it. Yes, I look forward I to
0: seeing Howard to get smaller every year. So I stood, <laughs> I went over to that board. It bothered me so much. And then I stood there and I was right at six feet. So now I don't trust the blood test from the doctor that said that I was all right. Anyway. Uh, I have
2: a question. Who took that picture of you? Because he also took a picture of himself, by the way, everybody, and tweeted this out.
0: I did. And I put it on Facebook. Uh, yes. Uh, a member, uh, somebody that works there took it. I didn't take it myself. It wasn't a selfie. And he had on those great big
1: shoes like Kiss, like Kiss wears. <laughs> so he could be like six, three and a half.
0: No, it was, it was legit. It was legit. Anyway, that's enough of my, my BS for now. Alyssa... Um, Good luck with the uh, with the baby. Hope you feel better today. We're going to let you go. And our guest is Chris Zorich, former Chicago Bear, former Notre Dame star, and he wishes you the best also. And um, we will let you go, and uh, you're probably going to do more work.
2: I am, but tell Chris I say hi. He's a great guest, so I can't wait to uh, tune in. Back to you,
0: and get the chart ready for Howard.
1: We're measuring his height next uh, next week.
0: <laughs> I just saw the. All picture. right, Alyssa, thank you. <laughs> Tony, you wow. just pulled up the picture, and it you legitimizes. Look sh- you look pretty it. short in that picture. Well, whatever. Hey, there's nothing wrong with being. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with being five feet. nine and a half or five five or five six. People are what they <laughs> are. But when you were something else, and a year later. That's, that's all my point is. Man,
1: I don't understand that story at all. What'd you do, measure yourself by broomsticks? I'm like, two and a half broomsticks tall, so that means that I'm six feet. Uh, let's you, move
0: on. now. Uh, have you watched your script? Yeah, every okay. week
1: this man's got yes. scripts. Yes. It, so it kills me. We have a script. Yeah.
0: Our guest today, you met before, uh, he played at Notre Dame, 1988 national champions. Lou Holtz was the coach. Grew up in Chicago. It's a great story to me. Born and bred in Chicago. Went to high school here. Goes to one of the most prestigious universities in America. One of the greatest football programs, Notre Dame. Wins a championship. And then plays for his hometown professional Mm. team, Mm. the Chicago Bears. Mm. That's quite a story. And his name is Chris Zoritz, Steve. I know. And the thing is, that's one aspect
1: of his life which would satisfy a lot of folks just to be able to accomplish all of that. The man uh, uh, took his studies seriously in college, uh, became a lawyer, uh, also uh, has another role right now that involves education and students and getting getting people on the right track Uh, as an A.D., athletic director over at Chicago State University. I did something last night that's related to this, Chris. I went to a Movie. high school. No, I, I went to a high school playoff basketball game. There you go. That's great. And I know that you probably. And I'm thinking, okay, you got parents and students and folks in here getting ready to take that next step. This is it. It's the end for them, but it's the beginning as well. And you're you are involved on a daily basis with that beginning for these student athletes. Right? Yes,
3: yes. So uh, first of all, I'd like to say thank you, guys very much for having me. Um, I've I've known both of you guys for a while, so this is kind of like being at home. So this this is
1: really cool. Did you always know he was that short? (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, from the photo I mean I think that's hair right I think the,
0: I think the last 2 inches kind of hair so. it does I mean, look and, like and, it
3: and actually the way he leaned up yeah. it's kind of like <laughs> let me let me get on my toes and then go ahead and put the hair on yes
0: so. thank you chris uh and thanks for dropping by that's the end of the show
3: uh, Steve steven i'll finish up but
0: uh really thank you for coming sure sure
3: absolutely I'm, I'm very excited to have this opportunity um again uh i feel like i have knowing you guys and watching you guys forever and, and one of the exciting things is having a chance to kind of uh, be the athletic director at Chicago State University means that I, I have a chance to stay home and uh, you know I, I grew up not too far from where my office is now and just kind of come full circle for me I've done a lot of things good and bad and I really feel as though I can kind of be that example for our young people but you know as was mentioned before, when you talk about young people and their parents about to take that step, I mean, it's it can be a very uh, daunting experience. I'm sure. And especially, unfortunately, when you get families who may not have gone to college before. And so oftentimes, like with my family, when or just me and my mom, but when I had a chance to get a college scholarship, my mom knew nothing about college. And so... I, I need to help as a matter of fact, I kind of tell this joke, uh, you guys may have heard it before, but when I was being recruited by the University of Notre Dame, uh, they came to my high school and they asked me how you know would I, would I love to to play for the University of Notre Dame now from my high school I'm, I went to Chicago vocational high school it 's right on eighty seventh street right at the uh, uh actually eighty seventh and the uh, skyway right actually from that door from the door from my high school to Notre Dame is 91 miles had no idea so the the coach said how would you like to go and I was like you know I would love to but my mom doesn't like to fly and he kind of looked at me and said what do you mean your mom doesn't like to fly I said, there's no way my mom would fly to France to see me play. Yeah. And he looked at me and said, (laughs) France, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, you guys got the the church and a humpback guy, right? (laughs) And I know he had to look at at my my file and go, Uh. what's this guy's SAT score? But I say that to only say that in my area, no one went to college. Yeah. And so if you graduated from high school, that was a huge thing. And so now you have this kid who grew up south side of Chicago, kind of a rough area, uh, n- never knew anyone that went to college, and now all of a sudden, Notre Dame is saying, "Hey, how would you like to come?" so I was like, "There's absolutely no way how it would go." But you know, I mean, I mean, so you fast forward a couple of years, and having the chance to be one of a handful of Chicago Public League kids that went to uh, Chicago, or excuse me, that went to Notre Dame, yeah, graduated from there, and had a chance to be drafted by the Bears. I, mean, I was drafted by Mike Ditka. Right. And I remember as a kid watching Mike Dicka and, yeah. and the, the, those guys playing. And, and uh, I'll tell you an amazing, amazing story. My idol playing football was Mike Singletary. And I wore his number in high school, Yeah, wore his number in college. And I was drafted by the Bears, and he was on the team. And it was just a surreal experience for me. And I, I had a chance to actually get in the game that he was in. And so um, I was playing behind William Perry, and uh, they took William Perry out. I came in, and... We, we, we went in the huddle and I was like man I'm in the huddle I'm like this is great we broke the huddle we lined up and he's like, like Chris, Chris and I'm like oh this is great he's pumping me up this is awesome this is gonna be, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go out there and kill somebody Chris, Chris, Chris oh, Chris, Chris I was getting all fired up I'm like yeah I turned around he's like moving because like, I lined up in the wrong gap you know? And he's like, he's like Chris move over, move over move over I'm like man and so you know but, but it was just a great experience and so you know I really feel as though I've lived the life of like every every sports fan out there yes who was a kid or grown-up or whoever cheered for a team, I kind of lived that experience. And so then you have a chance after all that's done, then all of a sudden you have a chance to kind of not only give back to your city or community, but you have a chance to really make a difference in the lives of student athletes. And so... Being the athletic director of Chicago State is just an amazing, amazing experience.
0: Well, I remember that uh, you used to recruit some of us in the media. You gave turkeys away yes. uh, to needy families. So we would go to Soldier Field, mm-hmm. and we would pick one or two up, and then we'd get an address and go go deliver those. Which, which was before Waze and GPS and everything else. So we yes. actually
3: had to do it like a week beforehand. Yes. Mm-hmm. We had to actually do a map. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. And we have like a like hundred people
0: out there. It's so crazy. I used to do that and, and it, you know what? It it made you feel so good inside because the people would invite you in and they'd be so touched that somebody took the time to do this. And 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 you know, you've done that all your life, but I mean it really makes you feel wonderful.
1: Now, when you're when you're dealing with in your job today, your your role today, it's certainly more than one sport. I mean, you 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 we got have four teams. Four teams. Yeah. Are you? I'm sorry,
3: 14. Four, four, fourteen. Fourteen. So we have fourteen teams, and we have uh, about two
1: hundred student athletes. My goodness. Like like, what would be a typical sort of day for you? Are you are, are, you, are you trying to keep your hand involved in all of these things at one time? Do you.
3: You you have to. Yeah. Um, you know, and one of the things, I mean, our main sport is men's basketball at Chicago State. But you also have to understand that there are 13 other teams that, that are there. Uh, there are, are, are coaches that are being paid. There are managers that are working there. We have uh, athletic trainers. Um, you know, we have, I have a staff of about 35 folks. Right. Um, and then 200 student athletes. And they all have to feel important. Um, they, they, they all have to know that, that our athletic department is behind them. They have to know that uh, our president, Z. Scott, is, is behind them as well. And, and understanding and knowing that every time they, they take a court or a field, that, that they have the CSU family behind them. Now, the amazing thing is that I love going to work every day because something's different. So as you know, you got 200 student-athletes, and we were all s- students in college at one point, mm-hmm. right? So we got 200 of those, and then I have 35 employees, and anything can happen, and anything does happen, good and bad. I mean, right. we're celebrating birthdays. Um, unfortunately, we, we actually just came from uh, the wake of, of our men's basketball coach, Lance Servan's mom passed away this week. Hmm. Um, and so although we had this on schedule, um, you know, We wound up taking our team bus, and our, our, our basketball team went to the wake um, and, and showed kind of um, you know, what it means for our coach to, to be there. Um, uh, they came back, or we actually came back to the school. I came over here, and we have a, a men's basketball game at 2 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's something that you have to yeah. adjust. Um, but you know, when you look at a typical day, there's no t- typical day for an athletic director. You're out fundraising one minute. You're making sure you're you're taking care of student success another minute. And then all of a sudden you have a parent that calls and says, hey, I want to talk to you because my son or my daughter is not getting the playing time. Mm. And I'm like, well, in that case, you have to talk to the coach. I can't tell you about that
1: one. And at the same time, you probably have to insist that these kids get the student part of it. Absolutely. And and it's so hard because
3: there are so many – demands that, we, that we, we put on our students first. Now you're talking about having a full-time job as a student-athlete. Yeah. Now you got a social life. Now you're away from home. I mean, there's, there's so many d- different factors, but we have to show them that they have the support system that in case any questions come up, that they can go to someone. Mm-hmm obviously we want that to be their coach and then after the coach it's me you know and it's issues at home you know i mean any i mean we, we have kids who are going through divorce you know, i mean really really tough things and so you talk about the pressure to have to compete in the classroom yeah. now they have to compete in the field and then all, all of a sudden turns around and they're having kind of a, a crazy situation at home so it's, it's really and i love i i honestly love it. it's something new every day
0: and uh, a lot of them get homesick. I'm sure you did in no. France. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, that was a rough I deal. did, I, I, I absolutely hey, did. You were a football star, so as a football star at Notre Dame or a big university, uh, did you have to go go to class, or did somebody go for you? <laughs>
2: wow.
0: <laughs> it now, certainly wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. There you go. It happens at some schools. Oh, no, I know no. it doesn't in yours. I, I do have to say that, that I've heard a lot
3: of stories um, I've, I've, I've kind of seen it um, somewhat. But at Notre Dame, um, they would have uh, assistant coaches or graduate assistant coaches. Uh, they'd be in front of your classroom, yeah. making sure when you walk in, they could check your name off. And then they, they, have, to, they have to stay there the whole class because it would be easy to go in and then walk <laughs> out. But no, they have to stay there. And there are a couple times as a freshman, you want to try the system. You sit there, and you're about to leave early, and obviously he's still there. You're like, oh man, okay. <laughs> but now they actually have software, if you can believe this, where and we don't have it yet. But but I think it's. Uh, I mean, I, I know some some schools that have it that they have software. As long as the the, the student athletes keep their phone on, they're um, able to keep track of them in and out of class. So it, it's kind of getting that high tech. But but you have to because as soon as you you build a better mousetrap.
1: Kids yeah. or someone else? Yeah. Somewhere <laughs> around something.
3: Right, exactly. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm <laughs>
1: glad that you're sitting here today because you can help mask what I try to sneak out of this podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm planning on leaving early. <laughs> and he has. I got another movie to There's catch. no question. Right, there you uh, go. There you <laughs> go. Right. <laughs> All right. You're listening to Back to You, a Tony Lasano podcast. And you can find us on the radiomisfits.com network. com network. And we are visiting with Chicago icon. <laughs> wow. How's that? That's impressive. Chris Sorich. I'll pay started. you afterward. I'll pay you yeah. afterward. <laughs> yeah, no, you had to pay to get in here. <laughs> um, Notre Dame star, Chicago Bear star. And uh, you were telling the story about being on the field for the first time with your idol, Mike Singletary. Yes, yes, yes. But you had an earlier encounter.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it, was, it was actually the one time I knew that I made it, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, poor kids outside of Chicago, have a chance to, to have some success in Notre Dame, get drafted by his hometown team. It really didn't hit me until one day I was in the shower. It was after practice. I mean, it was late practice, washing. I looked over <laughs> And there's Mike Singletary, and although he was naked, um, it was just it was kind of like this surreal experience, right? Because, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like when you, when you're a kid growing up, and maybe you may have liked like Babe Ruth, Mickey Mouse, I mean, anybody who you liked. And then all of a sudden, you're in the shower with him. It was kind of a weird experience. It yeah, is. He, he
1: didn't yell out, hey! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? hey! Hey, hey, hey,
0: hey, Chris, get out, get out, get out. You know, this sounds really weird, but that's how I met Steve at Channel 2. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. We, I, you know what? We Why had not? a shower. Why not? would shower up
1: before the, yeah. before the news. I used to shower news. during the news, too. That was a, <laughs> a very interesting arrangement. <laughs> we
0: used to encourage it, yeah. I can tell you
1: that. That's right.
0: Whew. And Bill, Walter Jacobson every day would yell, hey!
1: Hey! <laughs> now I know what he he meant Chris but now I now Now understand hey Chris
0: you you have a very famous aunt yes I do yes tell us about her and she's an academy award winner yes
3: Olympia Dukakis um she actually married my uncle Louis, who unfortunately passed away last year um just kind of amazing amazing moment you know when, when 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 I found out um I mean as a kid excuse me they'd already moved to New York uh-huh. So I think they moved to New York in '68 or maybe '69. I, I was born in '69, so we would see them maybe every like maybe five or six years. And as a kid, you have no idea what, what's going on, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, my mom was explaining to me who she was. She's like, Look, "That's your aunt." And I'm like, Come on, "Really? Come on." She's like, "No, really." <laughs> and then she starts showing me pictures. Like, "Oh my God, she is. yeah." So it, that was really cool. And I hadn't tr- seen the yeah, exactly exactly one of the best films that Yes, yes, yes. I haven't seen the. I haven't seen the. Uh,
1: actual oscar yet but
0: yeah, yeah. Well. it was moonstruck yes. right yeah the academy award yes indeed. and and uh, another yeah, snap interesting out
1: of it This is yelling in that movie too wasn't that where was snap out of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
0: another interesting part of the story is that uh michael dukakis who was the democratic nominee for president at one point is her brother brother correct so he was your uncle had
3: no i mean didn't even make that connection but yeah
0: yeah, very interesting. So it was
3: interesting. I, it was kind of funny because when – I forgot who it was. Somebody was – was it – who did – he ran what, – what year was that? Was that um, – that was – Wow. Reagan? Not Reagan? It was Reagan. Reagan. Was okay, it? so that was 88. It was 88, right? Was that his second run and so, second one? Yes. So it was interesting because we were at practice at Notre Dame. This is while, while we were going for the national championship. Uh, actually, Ronald Reagan's helicopter – Actually landed at our practice, Hmm. so it's kind of a cool thing. And I was thinking in the back of my mind, I was like, "Man, I wonder if they, if the the the, uh, the Secret Service did the background check, and they know that like." My
1: uncle, quote end of quote,
3: is Michael Dukakis. Like, right, do I get up and like punch Ronald Reagan? You know, I'm like, hey, we're gonna win this. Hey,
1: you, know. <laughs> you know what? I got a, a Ronald Reagan story. Ooh. Chris, you listen to us long enough, we got stories related to everything that I like through it. here. I like it. But but this is just an aside. Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan, with his second uh, term. Okay. okay? Uh, this is. I, I was there for something v- historic. It hasn't happened since. It may not happen again. Okay. Inauguration day, it was so cold standing outside that they canceled the inaugural parade. Really? It only happened once before back in the 1800s with Andrew Jackson. It was so cold, they did not allow all these, or imagine all these bands from high schools, exactly. all these people coming from across the country, everybody showing up. And I'm standing outside. I wanted to ask you, first of all, about playing in cold okay. weather. All right. So I'm standing outside with the doctor that calls this parade off. We're at freezing, 20 below wind chill factor, and he's standing beside me, and we're, talk- we're the only ones on the street, right? <laughs> Early in the morning, like 6 in the morning, and I say to the doctor, so what's the big deal? And he said, well, it's too cold. And I'm listening to him, and I'm saying, why do you sound like I sound right now? <laughs> Our tongues had gotten so thick. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. That we could, I said, well, what's going on? And he matter-of-factly said, well, first signs of hypothermia.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's why I
1: called us off. That's I great. said, so you mean if we stand out here talking like this, we're headed in that direction? <laughs> he was like, yes. He was so calm about it. <laughs> And I said, well, we should go inside. And he said, well, that's a good idea. We should both go in right now. Yeah, no but,
3: that, that's, a great, that's a great story.
1: But if this, only the second time in that's history, amazing. a parade for the inauguration. I was here. It was a Monday morning in January, way back in the 80s. But makes me think, had you ever, what's the coldest you ever played in? Because, wow, you know, so Chicago, coldest. notorious for was it. Was not even here? Was it in this city? Because we get the reputation in Chicago, yes, yes, coldest yeah. place on the planet.
3: Well... I do have to say, um, I want to probably. God, it was probably my senior year at Penn State. It was absolutely. Free- I mean, it was freezing. And what was crazy? So I, I wore these half shirts when I was in college, right? And because I was, I was getting oh,
1: hot. Oh man! Now you, so you would have party? Yeah, I would have my oh man, big old belly hanging Your whole out. midriff, re- absolutely. <laughs> Well, but when that's it got cold, that's why Singletary went, "Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> that man's coming to play for us." I, exactly. Yes, okay.
3: So, but when it got cold, like I couldn't cover it up because I was already kind of hanging uh, right, out, right? I right. mean, so, so then we're playing, and it's like it, it is. It had to be. I, I, I want to say like maybe ten, but I was it was freezing, and our trainer came up to me and said he looked at me and I was like, "Nope," and he was like, "You're not going to put anything out." I'm like, "Nope." I went out there for warm-ups, and it, was, it got so cold, and I wound up coming back in. I didn't put anything out, but I put Vaseline, all over, which is actually kind of like a, a little, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's some scientific uh, thermo-whatever, but mm-hmm. it wound up giving me some insulation. So it really did make some, a difference, yes, you guys. Yes, bet. okay. And then I found out then when I got to Chicago... Yeah. That's what guys put on all the time when
1: we're out uh-huh. there in the freezing really? weather.
3: Well, they they uh-huh. lather up on the Vaseline, of course, because uh-huh. it
1: gives you that layer. But you I always no wonder, how can they do it? How can these exactly. guys go out it's there Vaseline. with no shirt sleeves? It's Vaseline. Vaseline.
3: And you got to be tough, man, because this is yeah. Chicago.
1: Yeah. You
3: can't be wearing And then I loved it, again, as a little kid growing up. Jim McMahon rarely wore sleeves. He was out there when it was freezing
1: with yeah. no sleeves as a quarterback. That's awesome. See, that's why awesome. I could never play the sport, because... You guys well, that's would not, not the give only me... reason. Well, <laughs> 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 I'm 5'9 and man. a half. <laughs>
0: <You're> a... <laughs> Let's not
1: get into you. All right, look, we can get <laughs> that man's uh, ruler out any minute here and start checking. I can,
0: I can stand up next to him in a second. You really want to settle it. You want to uh, stand up beside Chris? Yes.
1: Well, then, then all will going to do is lean back, put his hair up.
3: We know the, the drill. He's going to
0: be like 6'9". We do. Speaking, what good of, is that? speaking of hair, you have a cropped... Uh, look with your what, hair. Is that what it's called? Okay. Yeah. All right. It's called yeah. Bald at 21, is what I call really? it. Really? Yeah. Have you considered the Urlacher thing? I, I do not get paid
3: enough money to actually put my hair back, but I'm, I'm fine with what I got.
0: You look good. Thank you. Yeah, I, just, this look. I just wonder. Got to know. I saw it driving down here, you know, 950 billboards. Well, him and Ryan Stanford, like I mean, that's
1: good for him, though, right? You good you for know, him. Did you see the new, there's a billboard of me covered with Vaseline?
0: <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> and, and, and I'm, I'm assuming it's not, on the, <laughs> it's,
3: not on the, it's not on the highway?
1: <laughs> well, we're working that deal out.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Chris, uh, as playing in the NFL, playing for the Bears, um, were you ever in a bar and you know tough guys come up and they recognize you and they say hey tough guy you want to go at it did you ever get challenged um actually um i kind of knew that that
3: things like that could possibly happen so actually during the time i played for the bears i wasn't drinking at the time Um, did not hang out in bars um, the things I was doing, I was doing a lot of non for profit work. But oftentimes, when I go out to clubs, I mean, I go out to clubs with my friends and stuff like that, and I yeah. see it all the time. Because of who you were, people would challenge you, and nine times out of ten, they were drunk. It's like, hey, let's, let's go. You're not too tough, and I'm just like, you just got to walk away. But oftentimes, you see, every now and then, guys don't necessarily walk away, and they get into a, a bar fight, and. You know, something happened. It's kind of funny. He actually asked asked me about that. So I'm not a a, a Dave Watson fan. at all. I think he's like the worst coach ever. But um, he was my coach for for, right. for five years. That's so I great can, news. I, I got
1: to hear more about that. Yeah. Um,
3: so during the so I got he caught me in '97. So in '96, um, he was like, Chris, you know, why is it I'm reading more about you helping people than I am like in sports pages. And I'm like, well, first of all, as a coach, you're probably not supposed to be reading the sports pages, one. Mm -hmm. But second of all, you just hear what you just said. You said you read more about me helping people in the community than you do, like, on the, you know, in the sports pages. Okay, that's one thing. And he was like, why can't you be like so-and-so? And at that time, somebody was in a bar fight and got in trouble. And I was like, okay, so that's the example you okay. <laughs> me. Did, what here. did he think you were going to learn from that? Well, exactly. That I yeah. apparently I needed to stop helping people and getting bar fights. I mean, yeah. what, what? What's you? Know, yeah. and, and so then he would like question my toughness. And I'm like, my tough, really, dude. I'm like, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. I buried my mom at 21. Like, there's nothing you can say or do to me that I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I mean, I, I can overcome some adversity. And then yes. Being And the fact that I'm, like, I'm actually 5'9 and played in the NFL, then, you know, come on, really? I mean, I've done this for five years, six years. Come on, what are you talking about? But, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. So he wanted me – he was encouraging me to get into bar fights and get arrested yeah. than helping folks.
0: So back to the – that he's the worst coach you yes. ever played for. Yes, absolutely. A little more on that. Uh, I well Because people, people usually are, you know, PC and won't say – well, I, can, I don't. I mean, you... I'm like, I'm going to turn 50 in a week, or I'm turn 50 next next week, so I'm so you're far not from that removed, worried about so. it.
3: No, he has no far over me now. Yes. If I was playing, he's the best coach ever. You <laughs> yes. Know? But now I'm
1: like, hey, are you kidding me? Hey, I'm, I'm an old guy,
3: and I can, I can talk. I can be crouching. Yeah.
1: Now, you know? Say what you want.
3: Right. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> um, yeah. I mean, he was, I mean, the fact, how he got in. You know, it, it's amazing. Talk about friends in high places. So the, the Bears finally fire him after, I think, three years of like four and 12 seasons. But then he, he sits out a year, hangs out in Jimmy Johnson's boat, and then he gets the, the job at Dallas. Right. How does that happen? Anyway. Um, and then Miami. Right. Well, that, yeah, again. But, but everywhere he goes, he, he actually turns the program or he actually pulls the program down. Now, I do have to say we had success his first year. First year. Correct. Right. Went we, to the playoffs. Had, exactly. I was on that team. And it was interesting because Russell Maryland, who actually played for uh, the Cowboys, he played for Jimmy Johnson. He he actually played at Miami. We were really good friends. He went to Whitney Young High School here mm-hmm. in Chicago. And as soon as the Bears hired Dave Wannstedt, I gave him a call. and was like, "What kind of coach is he?" He's like, "Chris Man, he's a perfect coach for you. You're gonna love him. He likes shirt, fat defensive linemen. You, you hear him do well." I'm like, oh, that's awesome." The year I played, so all during training camp, I was playing behind William Perry. And we had this fast, aggressive defense. And William Perry was not fast. He was, he was there, and he, he, he made a, a lot of – he stopped a lot of runs. But as far as, like, you know, going left or right a couple feet, he, he, he wasn't able to do that. So in practice, I was practicing with the second team. I mean, I was making all the tackles. And it was just all th- throughout training camp. And I'm like, man, it would be nice someday if I could have that spot because mm-hmm. I earned it. And it's, it's just, it just got to be really obvious. So it wasn't until the first, our, first, um, uh, our first home game, or no, our first game of the year, that he actually put me in because I actually could play. And so it was great because now I had a chance to kind of show my, my talent. And I wound up doing that. I wound up be, becoming a Pro Bowl alternate his, his first year. So his first year, I loved him. Then after that, it, we, we just sucked after that. It so went it downhill. Bad. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. It's yeah, just, right.
1: is, it, is it style that drags a program down? Oh, it's everything. And, and mm-hmm. it's interesting because
3: when you look at it, so, for example, I mean, the perfect example is what happened with the Bears this year, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we do terrible last year, mm-hmm. and everybody's thinking, oh, you know, hopefully 8-8, eight eight, you know, maybe a little bit better. All of a sudden now people are talking yeah. about, we're talking about coach of the year, talking about assistant yes. coach of the year. I mean, this is amazing. So it has everything to do with coaching, mm-hmm. which is interesting because they always say in the NFL it's not about coaching. Well, we yes. we know firsthand
1: it is 100% about yes. this. Yes, yes. So, look, all of this, all these real-life experiences that you have, um, what? how does this help you right now when you're relating to these kids you're dealing with? Well, because, they, you, you know, they, you've got so much in your journey sure, that's sure. made you who you are. they got to see that somehow. Sure, as, as and,
3: so, and the first thing is is that they all want to... Get to where I've been, right, right, and so they all say, "Wow, he played for he played professionally." Well, I want to play professionally. So that's the first thing. But then I talked to about life, and I talked about the 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 ups and downs of being a professional athlete, the ups and downs of being, you know, growing up in the neighborhood I grew up in, and there hasn't been something that they're going to go through that I haven't seen. Now, obviously, yeah. not I have every single experience, but I've experienced enough, and I'm willing to give you that knowledge if you want to come into my office, sit down, and talk to me. I mean, unfortunately, I had a, a, a parent pass away when I was in school, um, grew up very poor, uh, uh, was on academic probation when I was at Notre Dame my first year. So a lot of these things that these young kids face in life, or, or as a, a collegiate athlete, I faced. And then now at the end of the day, oh, you, you were a pro. Well, I want to do that too. How did you become a pro? Well, <laughs> Sacrifice, hard work, I mean, all those things. You know, when, when everybody else is out doing something else, you're in the weight room. And then you want to talk about being undersized. I mean, all these things add up to to kind of where I am now, but it's these experiences that I've had to endure that that I don't want these young people to have to Mm -hmm. go through, right? Listen to what I'm saying because I can help you avoid some of those pitfalls.
0: You know, I've been blessed. I mean, I grew up middle class, we weren't rich. Uh, you know, I just uh, you know my mom and dad worked, and you know I had enough and sent me to school and what have you. You mentioned growing up poor. Uh, your mother raised you mm-hmm. and was your greatest influence. Mm-hmm. What was it like growing up poor? And 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 did you know, or did she, you know, make it all right for you where you had plenty to eat? And just what was your experience like?
3: Well first of all i didn't didn't realize the grip I was poor until I went to school I mean because then every every everybody was the exact opposite of who I was but uh the every, all the folks in, in the neighborhood there we were all the kind time of in the same boat um I mean some folks had cars uh we did not um i mean some folks lived in houses where we, we lived in an apartment, but um it was very challenging sometimes because sometimes toward the end of the month we'd run on the food, and so there used to be a jewel at the corner of seventy ninth and Manistee And they used to close like around nine o'clock. And I remember as a kid, my mom used to put me on the back of her bike and we used to drive up there and we used to go through the garbage. Well, she used to pick me up and put me in the dumpster and we used to go through uh, all the garbage to find food. So I've kind of been in those rough circumstances, Hmm. but somehow she was able to rate and you can see I'm not the smallest kid in the world. So she had to feed me. I'm sure there were times that she went, went, went without to to let me have food. So those experiences have allowed me to put together a program way back when i had my foundation that you mentioned where we were able to bring food to homes right so you could easily say and you'd probably we, we could have probably fed more people had folks come to a location and just kind of went through an assembly line but if you're looking at a kid like me we didn't have a car we we couldn't drive the soldier field so you know we were able to identify certain families and take the food to to them. So, it, you know, it, it's those circumstances that, that kind of made me um, understand how we needed to help. You, you mentioned something else. I didn't know I was poor, but I really felt as I was rich with a lot of love mm-hmm. because, be, because it was just me and my mom. I never met my dad before. Um, I spent basically 18 years with her for 24 hours a day. She didn't work. Um, and then when I went to college, um, you know, I, I spent four kind of going back and forth but i was i was kind of really lucky that there was no one else in my life or in my mom's life uh, i didn't have any siblings and so it was just me and her and it was i was kind i was spoiled with love and so you know all these kind of uh, the only reason i was able to overcome these circumstances was because i had the support of my mom did you see did she see you play <laughs> that's a funny story um, she okay so my first okay so when when i got to cvs as a freshman Walking through the halls, the high school coach saw me and was like, who are you? I was like, well, my is Chris. You weren't
1: playing any sport then? I'm playing zero sports. Okay,
3: yeah. And he's like, who are you? And I'm like, well, I'm a student here. My name is Chris. He's like, no, you're not. I'm like, yes, I am. He's like, you're the biggest kid in the school. I don't know you. I'm the football coach. I'm like, oh, really? Sam, so, make a long story short, he gave me this permission slip to have my parents sign it. Went home, asked them on a place, that absolutely not. Her exact words were, I do not want my little baby getting hurt. Mm. So right now, I'm six, same height, 6'1", 225. Right? I'm, I'm a big kid for a freshman. I mean, I'm, what, I'm older a like freshman, 15 or something like that? Yeah. Damn. So 225, 6'1". She, she doesn't want her little baby getting hurt, right? So I go back to school. I try to avoid the high school football coach. He finds me. He's like, where's my permission slip? I said, my mom didn't sign it. He said, "Why?" Well, I said, well, my baby getting hurt. She said, what? <laughs> I said, well, she doesn't want her little baby getting hurt. He's like, no, 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 hold on. What happened? So I, he kind of laughed at me. So did not play at all my first year in high school. My second year, but, but I hung around with a lot of guys on the team. I knew, man, I, I want to be part of that. I want to be involved with those guys. Second year rolls around. I asked him for, for the permission slip. He, like, throws it at me, like, yeah, sure, whatever, kid. So I go back to my mom, a beggar, same thing, absolutely not. It's not going to play. You're, you're not going to play. However, on the 87th Street bus that I took on the way, I, I actually forged her signature. So I gave it to my Ooh. coach, and my coach went, I stared. He was like, this is great. This is awesome, absolutely. So then I started to play. Now, as you know, with football having a child that has participated, Participate in any extracurricular activities, you're going to get home late. So she was saying, Hey, why are you coming home late? And so I said, Well, I'm involved in extracurricular activities. <laughs> 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 really wasn't lying, uh-huh. but like didn't tell the full amount of the
1: truth. You had right. to have a helmet on for these activities? <laughs> right, are, exactly, exactly. I don't
3: get it. So it wasn't until th- toward the end of the year, and we didn't have like great facilities at CDS. So we had like lockers that wouldn't even lock. Our, our locker room would just reek, it just smelled awful. And so I was bringing home my equipment to wash it. And I forgot that I laid it in the kitchen, mm. and then I went in the house, and my, my mom came in, and she was like, what's the stuff in the kitchen? I was like, what are you... Oh, uh, no. She was like, you've been lying to me, haven't you? So we had this long conversation. She started crying. I started to cry. And basically, she said, look, I'm trying to raise you by myself. You know, it's a rough neighborhood. I'm I'm trying to do what I can. You're lying to me. And, and I, was, I explained to her that this is the first time in my life that I've ever been around a group of positive males, um, all these guys... They wanted to reach a goal every week. So I went on and on. And she said, well, if it means that much to, to you, you can play. And I was like, okay, that's great. Fast forward a little bit more. She refused to see me play because she, she, she didn't want me to get hurt. My senior year, last game of the year, my high school football coach and one of my teachers forced her. They brought her to my last game, watched the game. She watched the whole game like this. She had her hands over her face did <laughs> the see thing. Yeah. And then after the game, she came up to me. She was like, "Wow, you're really good."
2: Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, "Mom, I
3: have a scholarship to Notre Dame." Like, I really like, wow, like just realizing that. So needless to say, after that, she went to every home game at Notre Dame, even if I didn't play at all my freshman year. So she didn't. She she still came up, although I just sat on the bench. But then she was there for the rest of my career at Notre Dame. She said, "You're really good."
0: Dave Wanstead never did. <laughs> I love <that. laughs> Um A correction. Your uncle, Michael Dukakis. Yes. Is he, he not lost. really my
3: uncle? What the hell?
0: No? What's that? Yeah, he's your uncle. Now okay, all Right, what is what, right exactly. sure. Yeah, uh, what is what the hell? He lost <laughs> to the first Bush.
3: There, okay, that's what it
0: was. Then. In I'm 1988.
3: Sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I mean, the, we'll it wasn't that. Ronald Reagan. However, I do remember Ronald Reagan's story at Notre Dame because he was the Gipper. So I do oh, remember yes. Nerd, Ron, yes. Ronald Reagan yeah. coming to Notre Dame. So I, I apologize.
0: I, got him. I actually got the stories mixed up. Well... Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. That's
3: impressive. That's very nice. good.
0: Was that good? Yeah, you, we rehearsed
1: that in the car. And I told him. <laughs> I told him then, throw that out there. I don't know how you're going to get Ronald it Reagan in there. story. I got the Ronald Reagan story. Yes,
0: he yes. told me we we had it all
1: orchestrated. You know, I am glad that uh, Chris, seriously, for all the reasons. Uh, that we just heard, I'm, I'm glad that you were here today. Oh, because, wait, thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, it. You, you, your story is one of an individual who uh, gives of himself, who has multiple careers. I mean, it's uh, a journey that started way over here and ended way over yeah, there exactly, and hasn't ended exactly, yet right, right. Uh, because you are still at it and still working. And I sit here, I think I got a year's... Worth of eligibility? Uh, oh, think. watch out, hey, Chicago uh, State. I can, sh- I can shoot. Drive. Look, I can shoot, but I can't move. <laughs> oh, 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 first watch the basketball, right You know
3: yeah. we got fourteen other teams. Right? <laughs> well, we got golf. Come on, we got golf. You know, I track think I, I I'd, I'd do very well on the chess team. If you have, oh well, we, we don't have a chess team. But if you do have a year of eligibility, yeah, we'll talk, we, we can work something out. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. fourteen
1: teams,
0: something. <laughs> well, we learned a lot today that Chris's aunt. Is Olympia Dukakis an Oscar winner? And they I also showered with Mike Singletary. Showered to with Mike Singletary. Can't stand Dave Wanstead. Again, yes, yes, absolutely. And yes. It your uncle ran for president, and uh, we learned a lot. Yes. So, yes. Uh, on a serious note or not serious, what's your closing thought, and uh, what would you say to younger people? What's your message? Well,
3: one of the things that when we have re- recruits coming into our school, right, I mean, this for all the sports—volleyball, basketball, I mean, who, what have you—I I, I talk to them about the journey, right. So it's not so. I don't say, "Hey, you're only going to have fun. You're only going to have success at Chicago State," because that's really not true, right? Mm-hmm. Because I want to be honest with them. Because I was sitting in, in their shoes a zillion years ago, so I was—I I am honest with them. I just say, you, "You have to understand what what you have is very special." right, because you are going to be a professional athlete. You're going to have, excuse me. You're going, to have, you're going to be a collegiate athlete. Your time is going to be very limited. You, you have to enjoy that experience. One of the things I tell them is that, you know, I had a lot of success in college, had a chance to win a national championship. When we get back together, when, when we have those reunions, guys aren't talking about touchdowns they scored. They're not talking about passes they threw. They're not talking about tackles they made. They're talking about what they did to the, their teammates on the bus, what they did to their teammates, you know, at the hotel. Mm -hmm. All those uh, fun experiences that that everybody had a chance to be a part of, not who won the game and and how. And so I tell them that, and again, not here, this is going to happen anywhere, enjoy be in the moment, because it's not going to last. The best four years of my life, and again, you know, we talked about my little journey, Mm -hmm. the best four years of my life when I was in college. Man, had no responsibilities. We were balling. We had to. We were playing on national television. Mm-hmm. We are doing it. Yeah. That's like That's a great time. It if is. You, if you do it the proper way, it can be a great experience. And I'll tell you what. When, when we get back, when all those old guys get back together, we always talk about that. You know, we always reminisce and say, man, you know what? Do you remember when? Do you remember when? And it's exciting. And then the best thing because when, when we were there, when we were back, when we were 18 or whatever, we'd see all those old guys walking around with those funny pants, all those crazy alumni guys, with sure. the freaky, uh, the crazy green hats and everything. We used to make fun of them. That's us now. <laughs> it's hilarious because it's like, man, we're those old guys. So I have a, I have a buddy who, I mean, reminds me of the relationship that you guys have. Uh-huh. Uh, he was my college roommate. He lives in Chicago. We're still friends. He's my, he's my best friend. And... Um, we room together on the road all the time. And, and, and it's funny because his dad, um, who's no longer with us, unfortunately, he used to come to all the games. He used to support all the way games too. It was a really great experience. And one day we're sitting there talking, and he's like, dude, you realize, like, we're my dad's age. Hmm. And I'm like, huh? Sure. He's like, dude, <laughs> sure. that's us. Remember my dad, was, he has those, those crazy-looking pants in the game. He's like, dude, that's us. Now when we go back to those games... That's us. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> so I tell these kids, Man, enjoy it. Yeah. It's going to be the best four years of life. Just, just really have a ball. I mean, yeah. obviously, we want to see you succeed. But, but you have to live it because it's going to go by so fast. And then also, if you, oftentimes what happens is the, the parents are involved for, unfortunately, some of the wrong reasons. Um, not necessarily saying their kid's going to go pro, but, hey, you should do this, you shouldn't do that. And I just kind of tell them that they n- need to kind of understand what the situation is They kind of think for themselves, but more importantly, have a good time.
0: Chris, good advice, excellent philosophy on life. We thank you very much for stopping by. I've uh, known you for a long time. You're a great guy. And I don't think that Chicago State could do any better than having you you. as their director of athletics. We couldn't do any better today. He was great. He was terrific. (laughs) He was great. And
1: I hope you uh, like Howard's green hat with that feather in it in honor of Notre Dame. Is he hiding it over there somewhere?
0: I'll leave you with this. Um, we all love to reminisce, and Steve and I talk about the old days of Channel 2. But one of my favorite lines from The Sopranos was Tony. The crew was in there, they were all telling stories. Ah, you are we whacked this guy, we did this. And Tony walked in and he said, Remember when? It's the lowest form of conversation. <laughs> like it's that. a great line, I like that. I like but that. you know what? Talking about the old days and the experiences, that's what life is all about. Sure. So, thank you very much. Thank you very much uh, it was for an honor for uh, coming on our podcast today, Steve. We'd like to say thank you to Alyssa. She is um, uh, going to have a baby within yeah. a month, so yes. she was on at the beginning. Yes. And uh, we hope she'll be on with mm-hmm. us next time. So, we'll see her
1: next time. We will. And um, here's hoping that you get a little bit taller <laughs> next uh, time. Here's hoping <laughs> that your weight is where you want it.
0: Thank you very much. I'll have the rest of your results later. Thank you very much. Let's leave <laughs> and that alone. Here's hoping, here's hoping you wear at least a towel when you come in here. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm in the shower with when Mike Singletary. The, that's right. Yes. All right, that's going to do it for Back to You. We're so happy that you listened. Special thanks to Chief Engineer Samuel Greenberg, who is with us this week. What a guy. Right, yes, right. Our executive producer is Tony Lasano, the one and only. He is the one. And yes. this thing is distributed by Ed Silha of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Now watch. He's going to try to get the last goodbye. Thank Wait, you. No,
1: keep, on, keep talking. Go ahead.
0: Thank oh. you for listening. And, Steve, yes, you gonna... have the final goodbye. (laughs) That's it. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. I
1: got you. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at RadioMisfits.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions.
3: Tony, can you shut up? That was
1: awesome. This is Minutia with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia with Rick and Dave Sex in Canada. The most outrageous things left behind in Ubers. Throwing cheese on babies' faces. My Brush with ZZ Top. And our celebrity interview with the mooch,
2: Anthony
0: Scaramucci. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. Tony Lasano Podcast and Opie Production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com.